Hey everybody, welcome into the We Know Fantasy NASCAR podcast, episode three. We are here to break down the Daytona 500 from last weekend and looking ahead to the Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway this coming Sunday. This is your host, Cody Smith, and along with me again this week is my wife, Devin. Devin, how are you this week? I'm doing good. Good to hear. So, uh, Daytona 500, like I said, big race last week. Um, what do you think about uh, what happened in that race? Um, I think the race was good overall. Uh, there was obviously some parts that were a little boring when they were just riding around waiting for an end of a stage or the end of the race, but I thought it was good. What did you think? Yeah, all in all, I thought it was a pretty good race. Um, like you said, they the cars ran side by side quite a bit. It's tough to move up through the pack for guys that were trapped in the middle to, to back end of the field. Uh, so that was pretty tough, but in all, a pretty good race. So before we continue with our Daytona 500 discussion, let's uh, give everybody that's listening our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Devin, where can the people find you? My new Twitter is Devin Smith 1313. All right, and you can find uh, We Know Fantasy on Twitter at We Know Fantasy. Uh, you can find them on Instagram and Facebook as well. So uh, there are uh, multiple places to find We Know Fantasy. Once again, we're going to break down the Daytona 500. First things first, let's talk winner. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I believe, going into the race, a 30-1 to underdog, ends up winning his first Daytona 500. It's his first victory in the next-gen era car. So, once again, another new winner. So, Devin, your thoughts on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. picking up the win? I would have never guessed that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was going to win. He was not even on my radar when we were picking or even looking at the odds. But it is nice to see new winners like that. He hasn't won, I think he said, in five or six years. So I always like to see new winners, and Daytona always gives you those oddball winners. So it it was uh, good to see that. Yeah, we knew that. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was a good super speedway racer. Like you said, it had been a few years since we really saw anything from him uh, winning-wise. It was 2017 was the last time that he uh, won a Cup Series race. Uh, Once again, in 2017, he won two races. Uh, He won at Daytona in the summer, and he also won at Talladega. So two wins for Stenhouse in 2017 had gone winless up to that point and has been winless since now picks up his third overall career victory. And the big stat that I keep hearing going around this week is that the last three Daytona 500 winners have combined to win five cup series races. And all of them have been on super speedways. Yeah. So upsets have been the norm recently in the Daytona 500. And, and speaking of those former winners, Austin Sindrick last year for team Penske and then Michael McDowell, two years ago, winning for Front Row Motorsports. Just, uh, yeah, like you said, new winners. It's it's fun to see, but at the same time, you know, like like you said, he wasn't really a guy that I was looking at betting or even had any idea. I actually kind of faded him a little bit. I did bet against him on one of my props. If you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen that before the race. I think I had 
I had him to, I think it was Chase Briscoe to finish ahead of him in the race. And that obviously didn't happen. So uh, yeah, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, once again, another winner in the next gen era. So I also saw a stat that at Daytona, there has been 11 consecutive different winners. Did you see that? No, I didn't. So they listed them all in order, all the way going back to Ryan Blaney's first win at Daytona. Okay. So when, um, when he won in the duel, was it a duel race win? Yes. Or? Okay. Including duels. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Blaney, he did win in that duel race the first year that he was with Penske. I think it was his first, yeah. was it like his first race? He might yeah. have been in the, in the clash that year, maybe, but. But yeah, definitely. I don't remember what year it was back to. Right. That was 2017. Probably about 2017, 2018. Yeah, so there's been 11 different winners at Daytona since then. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. And as we move forward, talking more about the 500 here, let's talk about somebody who didn't win, who seemed to have a car that was capable. That's Kyle Busch. If you think back even all the way to the dual races this past week very fast he had a very fast car he was leading the duels ended up getting dumped by daniel suarez had to go to a backup car still comes out in the 500 with an incredibly fast car but once again he gets wrecked at the end um i forget who was responsible this time but uh but yeah gets gets wrecked again uh he said multiple times this week if it was 1998 he would have been the winner you know, because back then the races only went 500 miles. Right. But um, but yeah, Kyle Busch, a little bit uh, of a sore loser, which we've all come to expect from him. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Kyle Busch and the interesting start he's gotten off to here this season in his first year with Richard Childress Racing? Um, I do think it's interesting that he has been doing well with Richard Childress. Like, they're not a super strong team, so it is interesting to see that he's doing well but obviously he's one of the best drivers that that there is right now so it's I guess not surprising in that aspect that he is doing well yeah he (laughs) he uh looked pretty good um all week long really he had some impressive showings um like I said in the duels in the race uh even qualifying I think he made it to the second round of of pole qualifying so he was really fast. Austin Dillon, he had his moments. You know, there were some points where Austin Dillon was running up front in the race, but he he didn't seem to have quite the same amount of speed as Kyle Busch throughout the weekend. And maybe that is a talent thing. I guess uh, it's going to be interesting to see going forward here. We're going to Auto Club this week, then Las Vegas. There's going to be more opportunity to see what these cars are really like. It, yeah. Are these cars really super far apart? Are they going to run similar at tracks that are more of the typical quote unquote cookie cutter tracks on the NASCAR schedule? So definitely be interesting to watch Kyle Busch going forward. Last thing I want to talk about regarding the Daytona 500, all three races. So we're talking trucks, we're talking Xfinity, we're talking cup series, all three finished under yellow this weekend for one reason or another trucks the end got rained out and then in xfinity and the cup series crashes at the end to force the race to end under yellow what are your thoughts on just that as a whole you know is just a fluke is there something nascar can do to maybe not see this happen again um 
excuse me, I don't, this does not surprise me one bit with Daytona. Like Daytona is always crazy. The last lap, there's always a wreck. Someone is always wrecking. Look how the last three Daytona, like, uh, 500s have ended in the last lap crash to allow someone to win the three years ago. And when Joey and Brad wrecked each other, when Michael McDowell got his win. So this doesn't really surprise me. It also doesn't surprise me. Trucks is a little different because it did end under rain. So I don't exactly say that, but Xfinity is the same way. They, no one has any patience when it comes to that last lap and everyone goes crazy and wrecks each other. So it's not surprising. Back to what Kyle Busch said about how in 1998 he would have won. I don't want to see those rules. I don't like that. Like I like mm-hmm. a green white check. It makes it a little bit more interesting. It makes them push a little bit harder. I would say in those last two laps, I like the green white checkered. I don't want, I don't want to see it just end because there is a caution. I like that they get the chance to do it over again. Yeah. I love the green white checker, the overtime rules as they are right now. The only thing that I would change or tweak to the rule and I doubt this would ever happen because it opens NASCAR up to a bunch of interpretations, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it's not a – it would be taking a step back safety-wise. But something that I think would be interesting would to be race back to the yellow. Like that rule used to mm-hmm. be in effect, but only on the last lap. Yeah, I feel like racing back to the yellow on the last lap would make it – I mean, obviously – if the crash happens really close to the start finish line, you can't do it. Yeah. Because, you know, if they cross the start finish line, everybody starts crashing. You can't race the whole way back around. Yeah. So there would have to be something else, you know, maybe halfway down the back straight away yeah. then or something, you know, it, just some kind of change to see the race actually end in a race. Right. I don't like seeing the caution flag end it, but at the same time, these there are people in these cars that are right. crashing and you got to make sure they're okay. You got to yeah, get like out back there to two years ago when Ryan Newman was flipping upside down. Right. You have to throw the yellow there. You have to get the, like the safety team right. to him. So like you said, that's too much interpretation of which accidents are bad enough to send people or throw a yellow because things like obviously Ryan Newman flipping upside down, you can see that's a bad accident. You want to get mm-hmm. someone there. But I was just reading about Kurt Busch this week and how he still can't race and how they think eventually he'll get to racing. But, and all he did was back it into the wall at Pocono, which didn't look like that bad of a hit at the time. Obviously it ended his full-time career. So Mm -hmm. that would that have caused a yellow if you're racing to the line? Probably not, but it was obviously still a bad hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, the Ryan Newman thing. Yeah. That, it was coming to the checker, but at the same time, if you're coming to the white and that happens, you can't race back around right. to, to, to the checkered flag. It just is unsafe. So like I said, it would, there would have to be some tweaking to the rules. I though, I would like to see the race end in a race, Yeah. but at the same time, I understand the safety aspect and, and, you know, not putting people's lives or livelihood in jeopardy. Right. And, with that being said, you can't do it a hundred times either. If you want to see it end under green, 
you would have like three cars left on the track by the time mm -hmm. they're done wrecking each other. Yeah, yeah, you can't. So that's the only issue is that it would just take so long until you would actually get that Yeah, finish. and that's why that rule is in place too because it's hard enough to go around one time at a super speedway without a right. crash happening. Trying to get back around twice is just, you know, impossible. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I think there would have to be some changes made, but we'll see. I, I don't anticipate seeing anything like that no. in the near future. So with that, we'll put the Daytona 500 in the rearview mirror, no pun intended. Um, and we'll move ahead to this week, the Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway. Uh, we'll give you the track facts here real quick. It's a 400-mile race, so 200 laps around the two-mile Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. This race kind of begins what NASCAR calls the West Coast Swing to get the season started. They'll be out west for three weeks before they return back to the East Coast. Auto Club Speedway has been on the schedule and run at least once per season every year since 1997, with the exception of 2021. Uh, if you remember the COVID stuff going on, we didn't go to uh, California at all that year. Sonoma wasn't on the schedule either. Um, it was a big, uh, big COVID thing with California, so nobody raced there in 2021. History over the last five races at Auto Club Speedway. Kyle Larson is your most recent winner, having won there last year. He has won twice in the last five times we've been there. Other recent winners include Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. Active drivers with the most wins at the track. Once again, the two Kyles. Kyle Busch has four career victories, victories at Auto Club Speedway. Kyle Larson has two. So obviously those two guys kind of stand out here a little bit. Your thoughts on their chances this week. Uh, obviously Kyle Busch on a brand new team from where he got those four wins. Uh, Kyle Larson returning as a defending winner of the race. Overall thoughts on those two. I am interested to see, uh, like we talked about Kyle Busch coming to a place that he has historically done really well at, to see if the RCR cars are capable of keeping up with the other like bigger, bigger teams on racetracks that aren't super speedway. So that will be interesting. Uh, you can never count Kyle Larson out. He does well every week. So again, not surprising to see his name up there since he did win last year, but it will be, like I said, the most interesting thing to me is seeing how, how Kyle Busch and his new RCR team do. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at that eight car, I'm fairly certain I didn't, I didn't look at the finishing order last year, but where Tyler Reddick ended up last year in yeah. this race, but a track that Kyle Busch has won at, like we said, four times, definitely uh, going to be interesting to see what he can do. Kyle Larson too. And I'll also throw Alex Bowman and uh, Chase Elliott and William Byron in. Mm -hmm. This has been a really good track for Hendrick Motorsports throughout the years. Jimmy Johnson was, there was a stretch where Jimmy Johnson was unbeatable at Auto Club. You look at guys like Jeff Gordon picking up multiple victories at the track back when it just opened. He actually won the, inaugur the inaugural 1997 race at Auto Club. Uh, that was Jeff Gordon. So Hendrick Motorsports has been really good. We kind of see that in the odds here a little bit too when we get there mm -hmm. but yeah i think this early in the season 
this might be a race where you're going to have to beat Team Hendrick if you want to come away in victory lane. Right, yep. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and move into our best bets for the week. Once again, kind of break down favorites, mid-range, and long shots. The favorites are a little thin this week. I think the books, sports books are just trying to feel out how the start of the season is going to go. We've got Kyle Larson at 7-1. to one. He is the outright favorite to win this race. Then we have Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin all at 10-1. to one. That's going to kind of round out your favorites. So what are your thoughts here on this group, Devin? Where uh, are you looking here as a potential winner? Um, obviously, Kyle Larson, 7-1 to one aren't that great of odds. But I would look maybe towards... I would say maybe Denny is standing out to me if you are looking to make a bet out of the favorites. He didn't have a great Daytona 500, I would say. He was sort of non-existent, really, until the end. And then he was in a, the crash right at the end, too. So um, I'm sure he'll be he'll be um, hungry for a win. So that's who I'm looking at in this category. Yeah, like I said just earlier Hendrick guys here and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch at 10 to 1 is is pretty interesting, pretty, pretty intriguing. I do like Denny too. I think he can pull out a good run. He's obviously been uh, been consistent throughout his career um, at a place like Auto Club, you know, a place where you just your typical oval track. Um, he definitely has excelled there. Um, Larson's odds are a little short, but Coming out, you know, he had won 10 races in 2021. Last year, he kind of had a rough season. But even in a rough season, this is a track that he still was able to win at. Right. So you can't really look too far past Kyle Larson, I don't think, uh, when you're looking at the favorites here. So 7-1 to one may still even bring a little value. But, yeah, so that's a, probably about it for the favorites as we move to the mid-range guys between 11 and 20-1. to one. We'll start with Christopher Bell at 11 to 1. Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Martin Truex Jr. are all 12 to 1. Ross Chastain, 13 to 1. William Byron, 16 to 1. And Alex Bowman and Kevin Harvick are 20 to 1. Thoughts on this area? I'm looking, I guess, at Alex Bowman. Like you said, obviously Hendrick is strong there. And uh, a 20 to 1 odds. He's won there in the past. So. Those that's looking good to me. Yeah, I really like Alex Bowman here. The other guy, also at 20 to 1, Kevin Harvick. There are two active drivers. Kurt Bush also fit into this criteria, but obviously is retired. Uh, two active drivers that have recorded a top 10 finish in each of the last three races at Auto Club Speedway. Kevin Harvick is one of those guys. So I can see Kevin Harvick having a really good run in this race. He started off a little slow last year, came on at the end of the year more, winning late in the regular season. So maybe he rolls that uh, late season surge over a little bit to this year. Hopefully he can, and hopefully he can take advantage here at 20 to 1. And the other driver in uh, that has finished in the top 10, mm -hmm. the last three, is in the long shots. And we will get to him in a little bit. So... I will. Uh, I do want to talk about him once we get there, but I agree with you on Bowman. He is he is a recent winner. 
He is at 20 to one. So that's probably worth a little sprinkle there. Um, the rest of these guys, you know, they, they definitely could, um, I'm looking at Joey Logano. He's somebody that I could see having a good run here as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like those two guys at 20 really stand out to me on this list, the Bowman and Harvick. So let's hit the long shots, which are everybody else in the field. We've got Eric Jones at 25 to one, Bubba Wallace at 30 to one, Chase Briscoe and Austin Dillon and Daniel Suarez, 40 to one. Ty Gibbs, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Priest, 50 to 1. Eric Almarola, 66 to 1. Chris Buescher, 80 to 1. Austin Sindrick, Noah Gregson, Ricky Senhouse Jr., all also 80 to 1. AJ Allmendinger is 100 to 1. Justin Haley is 150 to 1. Harrison Burton and Michael McDowell, 300 to 1. Todd Gilliland and Ty Dillon, 500 to 1. Corey LaJoy, 750 to 1. And then the backmarker group of BJ McLeod, Cody Ware, and JJ Yaley, all 1,500 to 1. I know it's a long list, <laughs> and we have some time to talk about it. So uh, any values you see here? Yeah. What was the stat you gave about Kevin Harvick? Say it again. Uh, Kevin Harvick has finished in the top 10 in each of the last three races at Auto Club. Okay. And so there is one other driver that did so. Yeah, I you want to take a stab at who it might be in the long shots? Yeah, in the last three auto club races. That's right. Oh, I don't know. Someone that's raced. Mm, my original thought was Eric Almirola. That is right. Okay. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Yep, it is Eric Almirola. He is the other guy. Um, and I will say at 66 to 1, I already have bet on him yeah. for this upcoming race. I was also looking at, oh, um, someone that I thought did well in the 500 that I'm not sure how a two-mile track is going to do, but is A.J. Allmendinger. We don't really think about A.J. as a super speedway guy. He's that, like, road course guy that wins every time they go to a road course. Well, at least he did in the Xfinity series. But he was leading the 500 for a little bit and making some moves. So that's interesting. He is at what's that's 100 to 1 mm -hmm. um, down there. So him at his new um, his new ride in the Cup Series, that might be interesting too. And uh, Ryan Priest, I thought he did pretty well in the 500 too. So he he's did, yeah. there at 50 to 1. Yeah, I like those guys there too. Um Main guy I wanted to bring up besides Almirola is Eric Jones at 25 to 1. He actually finished third last year at Auto Club. Okay. So he did have a good run last year um, at Auto Club Speedway. He's sitting at 25. So that's, you know, that's a pretty good value there. Um, other guys, though, yeah, like I said, Almirola, he definitely, I'm putting a little money on him there. I'm going to be interested to see. Uh, Noah Gregson at 80 to one, mm -hmm. Eric Jones teammate after Eric Jones had that good run last year. Right. So I'm interested to see how he does not necessarily saying I'm going to bet on him, but interested to see how he runs. I also wanted to mention too, with Eric Almirola at 66 to one, that's obviously to win the race. He's got three consecutive top tens mm -hmm. later this week. They're probably not out yet, but later this week, top 10 odds are going to come out. Right. Bet on Eric Almirola to get a top 10. Right. It's probably going to be in the three to four 
you know, plus 300, plus 400 area, yeah. you'll get three, you know, a return of three to four units on, on whatever you play. Right. So uh, I think Eric Almirola as a top 10 is a really good bet. Um, and even Harvick, you know, he might return a little bit too in that, in that area, but yeah, those are kind of the main guys, you know, once you get outside a hundred, none of those guys, in my opinion, really uh-huh. have a, a great chance. So it's, chances are when we are at these mile and a half, two mile tracks, your winner is going to come from the mid range and in, right? The, those are the guys that are going to more than likely win the race, right? But you will get those long shots every now and then. And like I said, Eric Jones, good run there last year. I I'm not certain what his odds were there last year, but it's, he's probably closer now to, to the front than he was at that point. Um, so just interesting, uh, interesting to see. And as, as the odds, shift this week maybe a little bit more they have you know shifted a bit since they've come out um be interesting to keep an eye on some of these guys and who's getting bet on and who's not yeah and not someone someone to keep an eye on so much as betting but i'm interested to see uh what brad um and chris busher are both here in the long shots what they can do just overall because obviously we saw in the clash, they were awful again this year. Both neither of them made it again, but they were up there in the 500 pushing each other for a while. So obviously, we know those RFK cars are fast on super speedways, but just interested to see if they have anything figured out this year. Yeah, those guys having an oddly similar start to this year than as they had last yeah. year. Last year, they, like you said, didn't make the clash won both dual races cool. yep. in Daytona and were very fast in the 500. Same thing this year. They Neither team makes a clash. They didn't win any of the dual races, mm-hmm. but they ran up front in the 500 for quite a bit and yeah. were threatening to win close to the end. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely interesting to see what they can do on a non-super speedway style and also non-short track style track. Yep. So with that, we'll go ahead and move to the one and done. So last week in the one and done, uh, Devin was able to pick up the win. She picked uh, Travis Pastrana in the Daytona 500, who got an official finish of 11th. Very impressive for the one-off uh, rally car driver that comes yeah. uh, comes to the Daytona 500 and, and gets an 11th place finish. I actually saw a stat today that Travis Pastrana has 42 starts in the Xfinity Series. Yes, he used to run for Roush in yeah. in the Xfinity Series a couple years ago. Uh, well, a couple years ago, it was a, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. I remember it as a couple years ago. I think but it was like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that though. I remember seeing him run in the Xfinity series and a couple truck races as well. Yeah, so. I didn't realize. I knew he had run Xfinity, but I didn't realize it was forty-two starts. Yeah, yeah and eleven he, truck starts. I think it said. Yeah, I'm almost certain he ran a full season for Roush at one point. That makes sense. Um, you, somebody could fact check me on that, but uh, anyway. I, on the other hand, did not have a good Daytona 500. It was looking good for a little bit, but Jimmy Johnson eventually ends up in a crash and comes away with a 31st place finish. So I am 20 points behind after one week. Um, And we'll just go ahead. So Devin, obviously with 11 points, I have 31. This week... At Auto Club, only the 36 charter teams are going to be available to pick from. There are no part-timers in the field this week. 
So with that being said, having to go with a full-time guy, I am going to take Eric Almirola. We talked about him just a minute ago. Three straight races at Auto Club Speedway with a top 10. I need a top 10, so <laughs> so I'm going to hope that uh, that Eric Almirola can do that for me. Yeah, and I actually, after all of the stats you threw out, I am going to take Eric Jones. Eric Jones, last year's third-place finisher. Yep. All right, so Eric Jones... And Eric Almirola, the two Eric's, both spelled differently, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, going into the uh, into the one and done this week. Anything else you want to add for this week's uh, Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway? Yeah, I just wanted to see your opinion on um, all the stuff that's going around with like the Fox broadcasting, what your opinions are on that. I know I shared that stat with you the other day from the Daytona 500 like 20 years ago mm-hmm. had the same amount of commercials and we actually saw missed less green flags flag laps than we did 20 years ago and then I think there was like 10 years ago yeah so what are your thoughts I know while you were watching it you were not impressed with mm-hmm. the Fox broadcast yeah I think so I was surprised by that I was surprised to see that the commercials were actually the same and that we I, I it's not surprising that we missed less or we missed less green flag racing now than we right. did 10 years ago or 20 years ago just because of stages and yeah. those guaranteed cautions um so that doesn't surprise me fox and <laughs> i don't know I don't know how to really articulate this, I guess, but Fox and their side-by-side broadcast, the Daytona 500, they were able to get it right. Yeah. They did a side-by-side commercial break, and there was a crash. Yeah. And that's exactly what you want. Yeah. That's why you do side-by-side, in right. case something in case happens. Something happens, yeah. That, that the people want to see that otherwise they wouldn't. Yeah. That It happens a lot more than not that they go to a full commercial and they come back and there's a crash. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... I I didn't hate the broadcast, but I felt like it could have been better. There are just some things with Fox that drive me insane, like the super close-up shots of the cars. Yeah. I especially at a super speedway, I want to see what's happening in the pack. Mm-hmm. I want to see a wide angle. Another thing I don't want to see is that stupid drone flying around. Yeah, I hate the drone. <laughs> I don't want to see I don't want to see a shot from 7,000 feet in the air of the you cars. You can't see a single you know, car that's, they, they, yeah. they do the drone shot, and it's the cars going down the back straightaway, and they drive away into turn three, and we're still on the drone, and we can't see anything. We yeah. can't see the cars. I want to see wide shots. I want to see multiple cars in the shot. Yeah. I want to see who's pushing super aggressively, who's getting loose, yeah. and who might crash. I don't want to see, like oh, we got a battle for the lead. Here's the two cars that are battling for the lead. I want to see more than that. And that's where my main frustration stems from with Fox. Is the camera angles. Yeah, it's the angles. I also think, too, they have this, like, terrible habit of showing the two leaders, and then as soon as something's about to happen, and we saw this on Sunday, there is an actual pass for the lead, which obviously on a super speedway is very difficult, and we don't see it that often is passing and then they jump back to 10th place where Jimmy Johnson is. And we talked about Jimmy Johnson for a while. 
we never mentioned that there was just a pass for the lead. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me crazy is like, they're so focused on this one thing. And then we jump away from it just as the action yeah, is actually and, starting. And we miss something that's just as exciting that's happening. Yeah. I do remember that happening. It's like, we're focusing on the leaders and then just as I forget who it was, it might've been like yeah. Chris Busher or something tries to make a move yeah. for the lead. Yeah. We're, we're not focusing on that anymore. Yeah. And we don't even make a mention like the least that you could do. You switch the can. Okay. So you make the call to switch the shot yeah. and it, it, you know, there's something happening for the lead. Yeah. The least we can do is say, Oh, we've got a battle for the lead. Yeah. Like, even if it, even if the switch back takes a second or two, yep, that's fine. Yeah, but don't just completely ignore the fact that there's a, that there's a lead change. Yeah, I, I mean, I there's there are definitely some things that frustrate me a lot. But when NBC comes on, it'll be the same. I'll still yeah. be frustrated when because yeah because of their uh, I don't know their personalities in the booth. I don't yeah. necessarily love all those guys. But. Yeah. The one thing too, I saw people on Twitter talking about is that Fox never scrolls past the top 20. Yes. It's only ever the top 20. So anything below, which obviously for the Daytona is for the Daytona 500 is 20 more cars. Mm-hmm. So there's 20 spots where we have no clue what's even happening back there because Fox is so worried and zoomed in on the top 10 cars. And then their like ticker on the side does never goes past yes. 20. And I, as a matter of fact, I was on my laptop during the race scrolling through the running order on NASCAR.com right. because as a Ryan Blaney fan, mm-hmm. he went a lap down or two laps down. However many laps down he we was. We don't know because they never showed it. I think he was two at, at the worst, but I wanted to see, is he in the spot to get the lucky dog? We yep. don't know because we're not showing anybody running outside the top 20. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, where is he running? Does he have a chance to get back on the lead lap? We don't know that because yeah. <laughs> we're not running through the whole running order. And it's, it, yeah, that was fr- that's frustrating as well. Yeah, I like the old school, like, scrolling Scroll across the non-stop top. nonstop across the top. Yeah, yes. and Fox doesn't do a good job of, like, their metrics. Like... I want to know, okay, you have the leader, but then how far back is every single person time-wise and then laps-wise? So, mm-hmm. you know, like old school is these people are three seconds, five seconds. And then once you get to the, like, cars that are lapped down, it's like minus one, minus two. But we never, like, no. you didn't see that at all on no. Sunday. What really drives me insane is when they show miles per hour in that I, sidebar. Yeah, I don't care. Because I don't care how fast the cars are going. And then it's like oh, this guy's only going 70 miles an hour. He must be in the turn. And then it it's just stupid. Like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares how fast the cars are going? Yeah. I want to know. I want to know how many seconds back is my guy. Yeah. And is he gaining on the leader or is he falling farther yeah. back? That's there the was main that thing one that point they were showing like laps led on the side. Yeah. That is almost, that means nothing to me. <laughs> really like yeah i don't know like and like the the amount of laps led were so low it was like the number one person had 20 laps led i don't care (laughs) about laps led i don't care about like that stupid stuff i mean there was something else that i feel like was so stupid but i don't know i didn't really care about that but yeah i just wanted to get your take yeah sure so so if you're still listening to us rant um we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up for this week uh, tune in again next week, guys. You don't want to miss the 
recap of Auto Club. Hopefully we have another good race and we will preview the Pennzoil 400 presented by Jiffy Lube at Las Vegas Motor Speedway coming up uh, next weekend. It'll be the first 1.5 mile race of the season. So should be exciting. Uh, once again, don't forget to tune in. Devin, where can the people find you on Twitter? Devin Smith 1313. And you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Follow We Know Fantasy at We Know Fantasy. Uh, any kind of fantasy sports that you're into, if it's this time of year, baseball, getting ready to get started back up. Maybe you're in a fantasy basketball or hockey league that's kind of in the mid uh, back end of the season now. Yeah, uh, golf's just getting started. Yeah, golf. Uh, Nate does a great job covering golf. He puts a ton of effort into his golf articles and his golf picks every week. Uh, so make sure you check out We Know Fantasy. Find all that info there. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. See ya.